And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Health and Human Potential Show. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and this is episode 114 with Coot Blackson. Now, before we get into that, I want to share with you guys something very, very special that I am launching into the world. It's a platform called the School for Human Potential. And as part of this incredible transformation and educational platform, we have a group mentorship program called the Visionary Empowerment Program. And this is a group program where I'm going to be leading a group of individuals on a visionary and empowerment journey that's going to take them into the practical principles and tools that are going to allow them to become the most fully expressed, integrated embodied and masterful version of themselves so they can make the impact on the planet that they're meant to make and receive the rewards for their incredible work. And we are launching a live call, or I should say a live presentation on October 3rd. And so to find out more information about this and to register for this free live presentation that I'm going to be walking hundreds of people on the internet through, you can go to theschoolforhumanpotential.com. Again, the registration site is theschoolforhumanpotential.com. I look forward to seeing all of you on the other side of that incredible live presentation. And moving forward into today's episode with my friend and uh, someone that I look up to immensely. I think he is one of the foremost leaders in the human potential and personal development and transformation space, 
Coop Blackson. I had him on the show a while back, almost 50 episodes ago, and it was time to get him back on. And, you know, just I, I don't even know where to begin with with recapping this incredible conversation. In fact, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to invite you to take a wild ride into the areas of consciousness, into transformation, into full embodiment of your total human potential. And that is skimming the surface of this incredible conversation with one of the world's leading transformational speakers, Coop Blackson. So enjoy this conversation, and I look forward to hearing about your feedback and what you thought about it. Enjoy. Today, we have a true visionary, leader, and inspired teacher joining us, and his name is Coot Blackson. Coot is one of the most infectiously positive, motivatingly powerful, and authentic transformational speakers in the world, and someone that I've had the pleasure of interacting with and actually did an incredible interview with um, almost a year ago for this podcast, um, and that'll be in the show notes. You can find you can find that interview if you haven't listened to it. Before we dive in with Coot, I want to I want to share something that Larry King said about Coot to just demonstrate and illustrate a little bit about how revered and how respected this individual is um, at the highest levels. And according to Larry King, Coop Blackson is a leading visionary in the field of personal development. His work is remarkable, powerful, and will transform your life. Wow. That's that's uh, pretty pretty high words. And uh, without further ado, welcome to the show, Coop. Thanks for having me back. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. As I told you before we jumped on, um, I received an email from one of your assistants about the new edition of your book, You Are the One, that is coming out. And, um, you know, that you felt a connection from the last time we did an interview and wanted to uh, come back on the show. And I literally, as I read the interview, my voice, like what came out of me was like a big like, yes, please bring Coop back on. Absolutely. I would love to have him on. So um, I'm super excited. And we have some interesting territory that I'd love to dive into with you. But before we start, like, just tell me in the audience what's been going on. Like you have been making an incredible impact and you're all over the place from from what I can tell. So like what's going on since the last time we talked? Wow. You know, since the last time we talked, you are the one book has come out, became a national bestseller, had the opportunities to be on national television, Fox Fox and Friends, to Larry King, to so many different interviews and uh, travel the world. I've been just traveling a lot and speaking and sharing a message, helping people, inspiring people, hopefully, to reclaim their power, find their purpose and create an authentic life, traveling to everywhere from doing my events in Bali, my Boundless Bliss events there, uh, to uh, where else have I been? I've been to Japan, uh, been to Thailand, been to, uh, did a whole week of events in Guatemala, which was truly incredible, actually getting ready to go to El Salvador to do a whole other batch of events there. Did, uh, did my first uh, talks in Brazil, which was also amazing. And so just, just been 
really uh, sharing my gift with the world, you know, and yeah. uh, hopefully inspiring and igniting people to to wake up and just remember who they are and give their gifts, give mm. their gifts fully. So it's been it's been a great journey, it's been an amazing journey. So I'm, I'm it's been a year, it's been just over a year since the book came out, and definitely excited about the paperback edition mm. coming out as well. Awesome. Yeah, you, you've been doing the work for so long. I remember when uh, kind of the old school L.A. days, as I like to think of it, and I remember mm. those big events that you'd put on those like the, I don't even know. Remember like those nightclub like events and you'd be up there just like rocking the crowd, Tony Robbins style, but like at a dance party. And just <laughs> I just remember like those memories before, you know, the book came out before your as um, your your influence has reached is where where it is and where it's going. And I just want to say I'm so proud of you. Like you're one of those mm. people that I saw when I was just, and I'm still coming up in a certain way, but when I was just kind of getting my feet wet, you were one of those figures that really inspired me by leading by example. And um, that, and that's one thing I just want to, to punctuate as we move forward is you're just one of those people that leads by example. And that's why I'm so excited. Any opportunity I get to, to converse with you and share your message with um, anyone that I'm able to. Oh, thank you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you for your, your words and reflection. Mm. Yeah, so I have a number of questions that uh, I, I really thought about and meditated mm. on that I wanted to I wanted to get your perspective on. I think it's going to sure. be incredibly valuable for the audience. Um, sure. So I'd say, you know, could I work with a lot of visionary entrepreneurs and coaches and and um, in different different dimensions of the work? And so the first question I have for you is. What do you believe are the most important skill sets for visionary <clears throat> leaders moving into the future? Mm. Um, I would say, I think for a leader, first and foremost, I don't even know if I would say it's a skill set. I would say it's, uh, to me, leadership is a state of being. Mm. And to be really connected to the source of who I guess who who one truly is to be truly connected to who you really are, mm. not your conditioning, not your um, you know past programming, but to really know who you are truly to be connected to your soul, to be connected to that unshakable uh, essence inside. Uh, and then I believe if the more we're connected to that, the clearer we, we are within ourselves, the more clearer you are within yourself, the more you are able to uh, serve, to be a servant mm. uh, of your soul. And I think a true leader uh, is not one. There are many leaders today, I think, that are that have charisma that. Uh, come from a place of ego without knowing it, whether just mm. more coming from an ego, whether it's, you know, the president of the U.S., president of this country, president of that company. Uh, but to truly be a leader requires uh, being connected to who one is, which I think facilitates a humility where you realize that you are in service and you realize that you are in service to something bigger than yourself. And then I think you can truly lead. Then you can truly serve those around you, whether it's your team, whether it's your community, whether it's your country, whether it's your company, whatever it might be. And I think that's that's a foundation. Then, you know, when you're really connected to that source of who you are, then you're not, as a leader, you're not seeking 
validation outside of yourself. You're not in a popular. The more you are uh, coming from ego, the more you are filled with insecurities. The more you are dependent on external validation. The more you are in a popularity contest. And I say leadership is not a popularity contest. It's a. It's about a, 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 an authenticity way of being. And, and so, when you're really rooted in source, when you're rooted in soul, when you're rooted in the depth of your being, then you can truly, truly be of service and lead because uh, you can you can make the decisions. Because as a leader, look, you're going to have to make decisions that aren't popular. You're mm. going to have to make certain calls that not everyone agrees with. As a leader, if everyone agrees with you, likely you're doing something wrong. If everyone, everybody likes you, likely you're doing something wrong. I believe a true leader is committed to serving the highest, serving the highest growth, serving the highest possibility, serving the highest love in a given situation. And that will sometimes be making very tough, difficult challenging decisions mm. and so uh it, it requires being connected to to something mm. beyond oneself yeah there was a there was a lot of um gems in what you just shared one of the things that i heard loud and clear is that it's not about externally acquiring new skills or new books or education or anything outside of us it's about embodying <laughs> the essence of leadership where it becomes a part of us and it's just something that it's who we are right it's it's so no matter what the circumstances whether it's comfortable or it's inconvenient it's convenient we will act with right action and because that's just who we are and naturally so that that's what i'm hearing is that real true leadership is a state of embodiment it's not about getting new skills or or uh, yeah you know, to me, leadership uh, is about alignment. And what I mean by that is ultimately you can't lead other people or anyone else if you can't lead yourself. Mm. You can't lead anyone else if you can't lead yourself. So you can do a skill. You can say the right thing, move the right way, walk the right way, act like a leader, stand like a leader. But that doesn't make you a leader. And I think to truly be a leader, you have to first be able to lead yourself. Mm. And I think it's a process of embodiment and, and, and self-mastery, becoming a master of your own mind, a master of your own of your own heart, a master of your own thinking, a master of your own emotions. And when you stand in that space of embodiment as being a leader, then your beingness will speak so loudly. Your beingness will communicate and transmit and trans and transfer uh, a message to those around you and your words and what you say and the skills and what you do really carry the vibration and the essence of your being and who you're being as a leader. So as a leader, I, I ask people, who are you being? Are you truly in alignment? Are you truly living in integrity with your truth? Mm. And so being able to keep your word with yourself, being able to do follow through and do what you say you're going to do with yourself. To me, it's even when no one is no one is around, when no one's watching, when no one's around, those private victories and your way of being when no one's around, leading yourself. Then I think when you have self-mastery, when you have a level of self-mastery within yourself, when you are living 
living your talk and walking your walk when you are really mm. embodying and being it, <clears throat> not because anyone's watching, not because anyone's around, just because that's what you are committed to being, you bring yourself into alignment and that, that carries a different uh, a kind of soul force, you know, a certain energy. And so that when you communicate, when you speak, those around you <clears throat> listen because they feel the energetic they feel the energetic authenticity and and integrity of your of your beingness, and that's I think what moves people. Uh, it's an action that moves people to the next level, that moves people to go beyond themselves because they feel you uh, living it yourself, as an example. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's just uh, something to sit with. It's not about talking. It's not about philosophizing. It's right. about living. Living in reality, and, and 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 when you're really being a leader, it's not just about words. You know, mm-hmm. just who you're being, and you, the example that you are will communicate. I think it was Emerson who said, uh, "I can't hit." He said something. Let me just think of the quote. He said something like, uh, "Who you're being speaks mm-hmm. so loudly that I can't hear what you're saying." Right. Who you being speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you're saying. And I think sometimes we forget that beingness factor in, mm-hmm. in the we try and just go into doing. It doesn't mean doingness isn't necessary, but I think as leaders, that inner alignment is the foundation. Mm-hmm. So we get we get right with ourselves. You know, we mm-hmm. we live in alignment, we live truth within ourselves, we clean up our inner domain, but we also clean up the incompletions in our life, where wherever we're out of integrity in our life, so that we are, we are aligned. Yeah, yeah. Oof. You know, I was just, um, I, I was just thinking as you were speaking into all this. I was just thinking that I have recently been living by the <clears throat> ethos that success is not hard; struggling is what is really hard. And mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of. Um, <clears throat> alignment work, if you will, congruency work, integrity work within myself. And it's interesting, the little blind spots that show up when we put the magnifying glass in areas that maybe we haven't put it in a, quite some time or we've avoided or we've told, uh, we've told ourselves a, a little white lie, you know, and, and I found that as I decided that struggling and suffering was no longer tolerable in my life experience, um, I started to notice that this idea around success or accomplishment or, or you know, whatever, whatever the, the thing may be, struggling isn't necessary. I just feel like um, – and I feel like this is what's coming up. This is where I want to go is, um, you know, why do people – is it an addiction to struggling coup that we have sometimes? Because I know for me, like – I have associated success and accomplishment with struggle and hustle for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that shift sounds like it's shifting for you now, yes? Oh, absolutely. And and because right. it's an internal shift, my perspective is shifting and I'm seeing it show up more and more in other people. Um, and so it's actually becoming a very important thing for me. And I, I think it's a very important. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you have a unique perspective. on You it. know, you know what, what I would say to, to I try and be concise, but I think struggle uh, can be an addiction. And. What I've observed uh, within myself, within people, is this sort of ego, and I say that lightly, the, the ego 
the egoic, the, uh, the, the identified sense of self, separate self, that we often uh, mistakenly think that we are, uh, the ego loves to struggle. Mm. And the ego loves to struggle, becomes an addiction, uh, because struggle is a sneaky way to, shall we say, reinforce mm. one's identity, to bolster the sense of egoness, to bolster the sense of, of uh, identification, to bolster the sense of separation. So the ego itself loves struggle because it reinforces the I. It reinforces the sense of I-ness, the sense of I am the doer, because mm. if I struggle and I work hard and yeah. I just struggle and struggle, yes, I am doing something. You know, it's me, <laughs> the me, the small me, like I'm doing and it's me, it's my mm. work, I've worked hard, yes. And so yeah. there's a sense of kind of superficial, limited self-value, self-worth, self-validation, self-reinforcement that occurs many times through the sense of struggle. God forbid that life is easy and life flows. Like, like, <laughs> look, look, if, if we look at life, ultimately... It's flowing, is it not? Yes. Everything is unfolding. This whole gig was around before you and I were born. Right. Millions, of, like said, the first humanoid was around, I don't know, three, God knows how many millions or billions of years ago, but it was around a, a long, long, millions of years. And so there is an intelligence in the universe. There's an intelligence in life. There's an intelligence if you look at nature. Nature just flows. Nature just, you know, arises. The sun arises. The moon arises. The, the trees the trees arise and then the leaves fall and the mangoes ripen and then they fall. Nature's just unfolding. Nature's just happening. Even if you look at some of the the animals in nature, the the, the lion, you know, wakes up in the jungle and wakes up one morning and it's just chilling out, lays lying around, sniffs his armpits, walks around, feels hungry. It's just it's no struggle there. It's just flowing it's just moving and grooving with life but we have we have lost touch with with the fact mm. that just like the trees and the ocean and the sun and the stars we are also a part of nature we are part of nature we are part we are as human beings we are all being lived by that which is living everything we are all being lived by the same intelligence that is birth in the sun the stars the moon breathing 7.5 billion people and all of existence there's one life that's living us but the egoic sense of self wants to be like no i i'm the doer i'm gonna do my life i'm gonna mm. i'm gonna like struggle and feel like i'm somebody and so what really needs to be, you could say, given up, which is kind of scary, is the I-ness, is the sense mm. of I am, a, I am a doer. It's my mm. life and mm. my thing, and I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to manifest <laughs> me. You know? yeah. Then we end up kind of limiting life, and we, we, all, all hell breaks loose, and we kind of limit life's flowing through us. If you look at any great miracle work, and the ego doesn't want that. It wants to, be, it wants to have a sense of like, how, look how important I am. Look how much I struggled. And, and that just, re, we get reinforced, the sense right. of aliveness. So what we're ultimately terrified with deep down in terms of letting go of struggle, letting go of that is, is how, how will I be me? What we're often terrified of is the sense of if I really ultimately surrender and let go and allow mm. myself to be lived through, mm -hmm. lived through, then, which is flow, which is grace, which is, you know, 
abundance flowing. You know, it's like, here's a billion dollars. Here's abundance. No, 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 no. I'm going to yeah. struggle and work hard and just like yeah. break down. Because what we're often afraid of is, is that egoic tendency in us, like a knot, is afraid that it's, it's sort of like a death. Mm-hmm. It's like we're afraid of dying. The illusory sense of self that gets reinforced in this self-identification, we're often afraid of of like, I will be no more. And so we're constantly finding ways to, to poke ourselves and struggle. And, and so struggle is, I think, almost like a existential internal uh, mechanism that we create to, to just almost like, you know, check. Like if you, if you, if you were to like tap yourself and go, I'm here, I'm here. Okay. I'm still here. Okay. I'm here. Yes. I'm really here. Okay. I'm here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that creates a separation mm. rather than if you look at the great ones, you know, you look at the great ones, you look at a Gandhi, you look at a Martin Luther King, you look at a Jesus, a Buddha, uh, they, miracles happen through these people because they weren't in the way. They didn't struggle to do these miracles. You know, let's just say, you know, everyone knows whether you're religious or not. There's a story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? He gave a sermon on the mountain somewhere. 5,000 people came. He was going for days. They were hungry. And his disciples said something like, hey, Jesus, the people are hungry. What do we do? Uh, you know, I, 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 look, I don't have the best memory of, of the Bible or anything, but uh, I don't recall Jesus going, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, how are we going to feed these 5,000 people out? He just like just chilled out. Just chilled, he chilled out. out. He just chilled out. And and there's a quote that I, I I read this as a little child, you know, when I when I went to church. There's a quote in the Bible that says, He turned his eyes to the hills, which for me I interpreted as he he didn't look at the problem, but he raised his consciousness, he raised his awareness to, to mm-hmm. another higher level of consciousness, and he got himself out of the way. If you look at the great ones, they were not the ones making it happen. They were not the ones doing it. They were not the ones like making the miracles happen. They got themselves out the way. They surrendered to life. And so I think when we're, when we're willing to trust, yes. to truly let go and trust and feel what is living us, what is fun- functioning us, which we are so terrified because like, well, well if, I don't, if I don't do it, then how is it going to happen? Well, how mm-hmm. has life been happening? Mm-hmm. You know? how, mm-hmm. how has existence been happening? How is creation happening? How is this whole thing happening? You know? yeah. So I think the more we can get ourselves out of the way and enter a state of allowance, allowing ourselves to be there. That doesn't mean we don't take action. That doesn't mean we're not in motion. That doesn't mean we just sit on the couch. But it's a state of, I think, surrender, a state of surrender when we <clears throat> get ourselves out the way. This idea that, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to manifest something. I have to do it. I have to do it. The ego loves to get involved. Get it. And so I think the real freedom is in letting go. Mm-hmm. The first, I, I have a, a concept that I call the levels of manifestation. Mm-hmm. The first level of manifestation is is kind of like a victim stance, right? It's like, it's happening to me. Life's happening to me. Shit's happening to me. Oh, I'm a victim. Boo-hoo, right? It's happening to me. I, I, there's, nothing, I, there's, there's nothing I can do about why this is happening to me. And that's sort of like the first level. It's a victim. The next level is a sort of self-empowerment level that we grow into where we become what I call the creator. Like, it's me. Like, let me beat my chest. Rah, rah. 
I make my life happen. I have the power. I I make it happen. It's a kind of personal mm-hmm. power level, but on a very small uh, ego level. Mm-hmm. I make my life happen. And there is a level of truth in that. There's a level of, it's a level of development. Yeah. The next level is where we actually let go. Where we let go, we realize, wait a second, maybe I'm not in control of this whole thing like I thought I was. And I think the process of life teaches us that, you know. And then we realize, wait a second, it's happening through me. Life's happening through me. I'm being brief. It's happening through me. It's kind of a, the next level becomes a, a co-creation level where we where we're kind of co-creators. I think that the next level beyond that is the level of, you know, the, the great ones where it's a level of oneness. Mm. We realize uh, it, it's like, like it's happening as me, not just through me, but there's no it's happening like life's happening as me, and I'm I'm one with the process of life itself. I am one with the process mm. of life itself, and there's no separation. Life's happening like talk about in in the flow. To me, this is really being in the now where. Like there is no you in the now. There's just the now, and it's just <laughs> happening. You dis you dissolve. You look at Michael Jackson. You look at even MJ Michael Jordan. He talks about this himself, where he talks about where he's in the zone. Yes, he dissolves. He dissolves, and he's just happening. It's happening. It's happening. Well, what if we were to live that way? Is really what I'm talking about. There's there's no struggle. <clears throat> He's not struggling in that moment of the you know Michael Jackson's not struggling. It's just the moonwalk is coming through. It's happening. That doesn't mean there's not some <clears throat> some effort. Effort is different. People think well if I don't if I just don't struggle then what am I going to do? Sit on the couch and eat potatoes chips? No, it does require some effort. And I think that's where some of the new age folks, you know, we go, well, let me just sit on the couch, practice the secret, and just do nothing. <laughs> no, we do have to be in action. Jesus was in action. Bruce Lee was in action. Mm. You know, Bob Marley was in action. Buddha was in action. Mandela was in action. Martin Luther King was in action. But there's a difference between effort and struggle. Effort mm. is the, the, the energy required to exert oneself in the marketplace of the world and offer one gifts to the world. It requires effort. Struggle is is effort that is laced with ego and emotion and resistance and stories and it's effort laced with stories, emotion, ego and all and all of that stuff. Effort is just pure energy. And mm. and I think success requires a level of effort. And that's where I think people get have this misconception. Oh, no effort. No, it requires effort. I'm sure Elon Musk works his ass off. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Oprah, you know, was waking up at four or five a.m. worked like a maniac. I'm yeah. sure, you know, Martin Luther King. I don't think he was a lazy guy. Yeah, <laughs> these guys work, but they weren't just working of their own mm-hmm. human power. Mm-hmm. You look at a, 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 a not to get too sidetracked, but you look at someone like a, a, a they call her a saint now with Amachi, the hugging mm-hmm. saint. Mm-hmm. I mean. I saw her years ago, 15, 16 years ago, and she sits and she's still doing it now. She hugs people for free, giving love as a blessing, and she's doing it 18 hours a day. That takes work. But but wow. I think when we let go and we surrender, we then tap into a higher level of energy mm. beyond our own, a higher level. And, and, and even though it takes effort, it's not a struggle. And so life doesn't have to be a struggle, right. but it does require a level 
of effort. Mm. And I think the more we can surrender, to me the key is surrender. The more we can surrender, let go, trust, and allow, the more the energy of the life force, the life force energy of, uh, of existence actually moves through us mm. and, we, and uses us in ways that we currently cannot imagine right now. We tap into another bandwidth of energy. You know, you look at someone like the Mother Teresa, I think she tapped into another bandwidth of energy. That's what fueled her. It wasn't just her own. It wasn't just uh, what she had for lunch, you know. There was a deeper level of, of soul force, soul force. You know, all the great ones had soul force. Mm. I think we must, as leaders, we must all cultivate soul force, yeah. the internal force of being of our soul that is, is ripened and is strengthened. Mm. And so that when we act and when we speak, it has power. Mm. Mm. Whew. Yeah. Wow. Um, soul force that like, I think you are, you are highlighting and hitting on a theme that is so important. And what continued to come up for me was this idea that like, why do we have such a, we collectively as people, why do we have such a hard time with this word surrender or, or getting out of our own way? It must have some kind of atheistic connection. And what I mean by that is if we're not trusting in a higher intelligence, that must indicate on some level we have been conditioned to believe that a higher intelligence doesn't actually exist. Mm. What, what, do you, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I would say higher intelligence, lower intelligence, higher, right. lower. I just see it as intelligence, right? Got it. I see it as infinite intelligence because I don't really feel that intelligence is separate from you. It's separate from yeah. you. It, it is the very manifestation, the very fabric of existence. Mm. That intelligence is the very uh, fabric of all creation itself. Mm. It is what manifested the universe. It is what manifested all of existence. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't say it's higher. I would just say it, it is because that kind of can create a another separation. It's, it's intelligence. Yeah. It's consciousness, yeah. you know, and, and consciousness is the most fundamental basic level of, of existence, yeah. it is pure potential. It's this beyond time and space. It is it is everything. It's everything that is. Mm. It's, it's all that is. And and so it is what we are. It's what we are. Mm. And so part of the fear of surrendering, mm -hmm. I think, is a process of resisting. We are, look, look, we're walking around all day, going shopping, going to Las Vegas, watching television, hmm. on the internet, social media, drinking, getting drunk, going to a bar, going here, going to yoga, doing yoga, not doing yoga, meditating, not meditating. Why am I not meditating? Why am, we're fucking <laughs> terrified. Of, like, if I meditate, I might actually like dissolve, right? And so part of the fear of the surrender yeah, yeah. Is, is, is the fear of 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 like uh, how should we say you know accepting what we really are accepting that we are we are this oneness accepting mm. that we are this this we are an aspect we're not the total we are an aspect yeah. of this of this total energy I mean it's just whatever labels God some people call it God consciousness intelligence and it, I, I don't care about the labels, but we are this something. And so what I, what I feel is 
as human beings, for the most part, all, all we are really doing is this kind of a joke, but not really. Mm. All we're really doing, walking around all day long in our minds, going around, freaking ourselves out, going <laughs> back and forth, resisting. All we're doing is resisting our own divinity. Wow. All we're really doing all day long throughout our life is <laughs> the process of life. We just, we just, I mean, right, mm. we're just sitting around, walking around, 70 years of resisting that we are divine. That's yeah. what we're really doing. I mean, it, mm. I think the whole game is pretty simple. I am divine. Boom. Okay. Enlightenment. Boom. Okay. Embodiment of that now. And so it's scary because what that requires, as I said, is a giving up of the small self. Mm. A, a, what it requires is is a death of the illusion of what we think we are, that we are not just this body. We are not just this form. We are not just this ego. We are not just uh, this identity. We are not really separate from any level of existence. And so for this, for this sense of like, limit itself that we think we are we've been conditioned to be that's terrifying to just embrace our true greatness embrace mm. our true divinity because uh, it, it's it's a letting go it's it is a surrender into truth the truth of our own being you know which is uh, it's a big thing I think that's why people often also are afraid we're falling in love because when we fall in love, it's, it's kind of another portal into, it requires a, a level right. of death. You know, when you, right. when you fall in love with someone, a level of letting go of control, a level of, <sighs> you know, a level of that. But if you look mm. at, like, if you look at, let's say, for, for a man, from a man's perspective, you know, mm-hmm. or in the French, we call orgasm, right, is, is a mini death in mm. French, like little death. Because in that moment of orgasm, right, in the moment of like release, ejaculation, orgasm, what happens? There you are. There you are. You're penetrating the sexual moment with your woman. There you are. Boom. It's happening. It's on. It's on. Boom. There you are. In that moment of just release, for a few seconds, <laughs> you dissolve. Mm-hmm. There is no more you. Ah. <laughs> bliss isn't that bliss? you've been released from your limited coil limited little prison of your own personality for a moment for a moment for, and then boom back again right and so <laughs> and part of why it's so blissful is because like you're not there for a moment you've dissolved into the all that is for a second and sometimes we seek that through drinking. Okay, we'll drink. Let me yeah. have a few drinks. Okay, well, all of a sudden when we have a few drinks, what do people say? I feel more loose. Oh, I feel looser. I feel because that grip, that grip of condition patterning, mm-hmm. egoic patterning, that that creates a you know restriction. When we have a few glasses of wine, a few beers, some vodkas, what have you, ah, oh, just. I feel more, I feel looser. I feel more courageous. I feel more, ah, uh, it's got loosened for a second, right? Or people do a drug and then all of a sudden, whoa, I've dissolved into that, mm-hmm. you know, interdimensional one. And then boom, then we come back. We and come so back. Yeah. part of that surrender. So I think really what we're really here in the process of life is to, to me, life is a process of surrender. And every single experience is really designed to help us surrender. Death, you know, death, loss, heartbreak, everything is a process of surrender. We are in a process of being surrendered. And look, there's no way out. I mean, ultimately, we will all die in this human body. We will all die. Everyone has died. Jesus, Buddha, you know, the best of us, you know, Ramakrishna, Ramana Maharishi. I mean, all of the great ones have died. 
And so we're all in the process of we will have we will have to surrender now, tomorrow, ten years from now, at the end of our lives. You know, if there is such a thing, next lifetime, we will have to surrender. So I say, why not surrender now? Why not die while you are alive? Well, I think it was Rumi that said, die before you die, then you will be truly alive. Wow. Let me just share one quick story, Ronnie. There was a mm. there was a merchant who uh, went trading and he went to Africa and he bought this exotic bird. And he brought this exotic bird back from Africa and he, this was his prized possession. And this exotic bird, he put it in a gold cage and he would feed the bird and clean the cage and, you know, give the bird the best food. And he just loved this bird. And just, it, was, it was just his, like, best friend, you know. And the bird was in this beautiful gold cage. And uh, one day he decided he was going to go back to this place in Africa and he was going to get some more uh, products because he was a merchant. And he was going to visit some of, the, some of his pet bird's family, his brother birds and sister birds. And so he said to his pet bird, I'm going to go visit your country. And is there anything you want me to tell your family? And the message you have for them. And, and, and the bird said, uh, just tell them, you know, I'm being well taken care of in my cage. And my master is taking care of me and feeding me good food. And I'm, 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 I'm okay. And he said, sure. So the, so the, so the guy goes, goes to Africa, goes to this place. He, he buys what he needs to buy. He finds the, the family of his pet bird. And he sees the big brother bird. And he says, oh, I have a message for you, big brother bird. Your, your, your brother back home is with me. And he asked me to give you a message to say that he's in a cage. He's been well taken care of. He's fine. He's well. Don't worry about him. All of a sudden, the big brother bird, you know what happens, Ronnie? He just falls flat down, boom, mm. dead, like that, mm. cold, boom, like he was just, you know, hit by Floyd Mayweather, you know, just bam, to the floor. And all of a sudden, the man goes, oh, oh my goodness, the guy, the bird died. What, what happened? Maybe he was so shocked by the message or, 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 or overcome with some sadness that he, he, that he doesn't have the connection, can't see his brother, that he just died. He's, he's, he died. How do, I, how, do I tell, how do I tell my pet? So he goes back. He says, uh, dear pet, he tells his pet back home, who's in his cage. He says, uh, I t- well, the moment I told your brother bird that your message that you were fine in the cage, he just dropped dead cold and died. I'm sorry. I know it's bad news. I'm sorry to tell you this. Instantly, his pet bird in the cage drops dead in the cage, cold, and dies. Mm-hmm. The man, the man is like mystified, like, "Oh my God, what, what, what do I do?" Maybe he's so overcome with grief that he died too. My, oh my God, my my pet bird. And he he opens the cage. He carries the bird outside to the garden, and he puts the bird down on the grass. He starts digging, digging a grave for his pet bird. And all of a sudden, he sees his pet bird flying, flying <laughs> higher and higher onto the tree, hmm. onto a branch on the tree. He looks up and he says, "I thought you were dead. You you, you deceived me. What, what happened? I, I thought you were dead." And uh, why did you deceive me? He says to the bird, and and. The bird says, well, you know, when you gave me that message from my brother bird about he just dropped dead and died, I realized that that was a code. He said, really? That was a code message from him to me. And what was the message? The message was, in order to break out of your cage and be free, 
you must die. You must die before you die. In order to be free, you must die before you die. We must die to who we think we are. We must die to our past. We must die to our conditioning. We must die to our identities. We are not simply who we who we have been conditioned to be. What we are is so much more. And when we when we when we let go of that, when we step out of the stories that often limit us, when we die to the stories of who we have been conditioned to be, we, we, we actually tap into another level of aliveness. When we truly surrender, I believe, is when we truly become alive because we truly uh, rest into and open to that which is living everything, the source of life itself, then we become truly powerful. Mm. Then we tap into soul force beyond ego force. And I think that is the next level of where we are going as a humanity. That is the next level of where we're being invited to as a humanity right now. And as leaders, you know, not leading or living just from ego, but living from soul Mm. force. Mm. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm just sitting here with my eyes closed as I'm breathing in everything that you shared and the story and, and the soul force that moves through your message. Um, I'm feeling the sacred pause just to take it all in. And I want everyone listening to this to take all that in because it can be very easy to listen to a podcast. And, um, and I know I'm guilty of it as just as much as anyone. When I've listened to so many podcasts at some point, it can almost kind of run through my my ears without me actually taking it in. And so I was really finding myself being very present. I, and I mentioned that for the benefit of the audience so I can help you pattern interrupt so you can maybe rewind if something spoke to you but you weren't totally present for it. Um, just wanted to... to share that because yeah you're you're hitting some you're hitting a deep chord not just with me but i can imagine with everyone listening all the visionaries all the all the all the people out there that have a dream and they have a seed in their heart and mm. they have been conditioned out of it or i wouldn't say out of it but it has been conditioned to the point what? where people are seeking and they're striving and they're in and quite literally i find people are doing whatever they can to kind of break mm. out of the conditioning, but may not have the tools or may just not have the inspiration or the, the living examples to know that it's possible. Mm. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So mm. um, I, have, I have a particular question that I'm, I'm really interested to get your take on. Sure, and, go for it. And I, I was watching one of your YouTube videos um, earlier today, and and this came up from it. I want to. I'm kind of just. I want to frame the question a little bit, but um, basically goes like this. Um, so in my experience, I have found more often than not, people I come across and often clients I work with have a string of challenges occurring in their life, and maybe they have felt challenged for a long time. Um, and oftentimes these individuals at some point will come to a point when they begin to question if they are a failure, if they are doing something wrong or if they're being punished even um, for these challenges that they can't seem to get themselves out of. So with that, um, 
when life feels like it's falling apart, what do you believe that really means? And how can somebody reinterpret it to work in their favor? Mm. When life is falling apart, you're saying? Yes. Or when maybe like things don't seem to be working? Yeah, when it, when it, when it gets to that point where we just mm. feel like our, our life is quite literally falling apart, nothing we do is working, and we start to actually believe that maybe we're a failure. Mm, yeah. See, I mean, ultimately, I believe that no one is a failure. There are no such thing as failures. Yeah. Um, there's just opportunities to learn. And I think here's what I found. Your dreams choose you for a reason. Mm. Your dreams choose you because you are the perfect person to fulfill that dream. Every single failure, every single experience, every single heartbreak, every single betrayal, every single bankruptcy, every single everything is perfectly coordinating, synchronizing. Like the divine chef is cooking you with all these ingredients to prepare to serve you to the world. Just make sure, but, but you know, just make sure you learn the lessons from each experience because everything is a learning, even your greatest failures. Right. It's all a learning opportunity and so i believe our dreams your dreams choose you because you're perfect you know but sometimes your dreams that you're given the vision that you're given the goal that you're given uh you're given it and you might not be ready quite yet mm, but you mm. but you but you catch the vision like yes. oh i want to do that i want to do this book i want to write yes. this thing i want to have this tv show and you have the vision you tapped into it but just because you have the vision doesn't mean you're actually ripe yet, right? Doesn't mm. mean the seed is there, but doesn't mean you you have the mind, the body, the mechanism, structure right. to be able to fulfill the vision and be a true servant to the vision. You still have to go through a ripening process, but you have the vision. So the dreams, I believe, are actually evolutionary. Your dreams are evolutionary and one of the greatest uh uh, portals for your own growth because the journey you go on to try and fulfill your vision is as important as the goal itself. The the path you walk and the actions you take and who you become in the process of the fulfillment of your vision is the real success, not just the attainment of the vision itself. And so the vision and the dream will take you on a journey, a journey of having to become the person who is worthy, who is capable, who to become the person who is really able to uh, hold the vision, yeah. able to 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 be a what how she was a custodian of the dream and the vision. Mm -hmm. And so so that's why I don't see these things as bad. I just see them as just learning and the, and part of the process of uh, becoming the person who is able to. So as these experiences are happening, if you're in a challenging situation right now, if you're going through some difficulty right now, it's easy to ask oneself, well, why is this happening? Why, you know, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why? And it doesn't mean anything's wrong, but I would say, well, why not you? You know, why not you? The, the challenge, the heartbreak, the failures, they're all uh, part of the soul's gymnasium to help you sculpt your soul muscle to prepare you. And so consider this, that when your dreams don't manifest the way you want them to, want them to, that there is a reason, there is a bigger reason. We often have these ideas of, you know, what our dreams should look like and, and how they should look like and how they should manifest and how they should happen and when they should manifest. And 
I understand that when they don't, it can be a huge disappointment and a letdown, especially if you've invested so much time and energy and money and emotion when you try so hard, they don't happen. It's easy to question yourself. It's easy to label yourself as a failure. It's sometimes easy to want to give up on your dream. But I feel there's a few, if you're in that moment, don't give up. There's Mm. a few reasons I have observed as to why people's dreams don't yet manifest. And I'm going to share those real quick. There's, there's probably like three, maybe four reasons. Number one, if your dreams aren't manifesting, you've tried everything. You say, cool, I've tried everything. Maybe consider that your dream or the vision is not truly aligned. Mm. It's, not, it's not your, it, you think it's your vision? You think it's your goal? But maybe it's not, it's not your authentic mm. goal. Mm-hmm. It's what you think you should do based on society. I want to be a coach. Why? Because Ronnie's a coach. Because Coot's a coach. Because so and so's a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're making, you know, this person's making money and Deepak Chopra's. I want, well, maybe that's not yeah. your your, yeah. your authentic dream in this lifetime, just what you think you should be doing, what your ego thinks you should be doing, what your parents, I want to be a doctor. And maybe it's not true, it's just what your parents have told you and society's conditioned you to be. So, so sometimes dream, no, dreams don't manifest because they're not authentic, they're not aligned. The dream that you thought was your dream is actually not what your your unique soul is meant to be living and doing. You may have chosen the dream that someone else wanted you to do. So I would say practice feeling deeper, feeling beyond your mind. It takes courage if you if you you know if you've invested so much into this vision or dream that you're like, who would I be if I didn't have this? So practice feeling deeper. And feel, dare to feel what is authentically true for you. Mm. Dare to feel what is authentically seeking to happen through you. And dare to let go of the vision if it's not really authentic. Mm. It's not really authentic. And so, so, so the dream not happening, I think, can be a purification in this sense, can be a recalibration, a re-clarification to move mm. you. You may have gone a little off-center to move you back. Back on point, back in center, mm. you know, back, back, back in alignment. The other reason sometimes dreams don't happen if you're in that moment. Sometimes it's timing. Honestly, mm. I think sometimes yeah. it's sim- it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It's just timing. Yeah. You could be standing in front of the right restaurant. Like, okay, <laughs> I want, I want, uh, I want kelp noodles, and you go to the right restaurant, but it's six a.m. in the morning. <laughs> like, I, I, not many people in places are going to be open at 6 a.m. in the morning right, right? right. You know, I, I, I want my cup noodles now but Ronnie it's 2 a.m. in the morning it's closed right and so sometimes it's timing and so either the people or the environment around you still needs to catch up with your vision yeah. catch up with who you are perhaps you aren't ready yet and you still need to grow mm. heal and evolve and transform into the person and learn the lesson so don't try and uh, shortcut your process and get to what you think is the destination and shortcut the lessons. Wow. Many times we try and shortcut yeah. lessons that are inherent in a situation. Every situation provides lessons. Learn the lessons. When you learn the lesson in a given situation, the lesson that your soul is seeking to learn, you will graduate naturally and authentically transcend that situation. If you haven't transcended that situation or that relationship, that relationship pattern yet, likely 
it's that you haven't learned the lesson yet. So learn the lesson, then you will graduate to the next level. Then the next level of blessing, manifestation, and possibility will open up for you. So trust the divine timing of the universe. The universe knows it's been around a lot longer than you and I and practice patience. Many times clients will say, cool, I want a relationship. Where's my soulmate? I want to look. <laughs> Timing again. Maybe your soulmate's not quite ready yet. Do you want to meet your soulmate when they're not ripe? I mean, sure. Here's a here's a mango. It's still green. You want right. to eat it? It's not ripe yet. And so sometimes when people, <laughs> when, if you force something and you meet, let's say you meet your soulmate and they're not ready and you're not quite ready, you're not quite ready, they're not quite ready. Uh, oh shoot! What do we do? We, we, now uh, now there's a whole bunch of issues and pains yes. and problems that may come up. And so trust the timing. Trust the unfolding perfection of the timing of life and in that process get yourself ready the third thing i'll say is sometimes it can be a test mm. like like what you're going through the difficulties the challenges you know cool i'm trying everything it's not working it's not working i'm throwing sometimes uh it's a test and what i mean by this anything worthwhile takes dedication yeah. and commitment and focus so if you determine it's a line this vision is true it will take dedication, commitment, and focus. There's not this sort of fairy dust like, oh, let me just you know, do some mantras and meditation, and it just, poof, it just happens every time. I read an article with Elon Musk who was talking about he has some great highs and great lows, and there's moments he feels like giving up. I'm sure he's felt like that a lot, but he stayed through it because he feels like he's on his purpose. So your dreams will challenge you. Your dreams will mm. lead you on obstacle towards obstacles along the path. Each of these challenges, as I've said, will force you to grow, become more of who you truly are. And they will test, underscore test, your soul's strength and your commitment. Mm. You will have to walk through the eye of that fire if it's worthwhile. And often, many people often give up right before a breakthrough many people often mm. often often quit right in that moment so if you're if you feel your vision dream whatever it is is authentic don't give up stay true persevere persevere mm. look at mandela 27 years in prison right what if he gave up after four years what if he gave up after 14 years? What if he gave up, gave up after 18 years? What if Mandela gave up after 21 years? Right? What if Mandela gave up after wow. 24 years? <laughs> 27 years. I mean, shoot, Ronnie. I mean, I'm thinking about giving up after two years in prison. Mandela, 27 years. Well, that's why Mandela is Mandela. Everyone wants to be great. We look at the Oprah. We look at the Gandhi. We look at the Elon Musk. Everyone wants to be that. Everyone, but, but very few people want to go through what they went through. Very few people are willing to face their fears in that way and mm. move through them. Very few people willing. See, greatness is not something that is just dropped from the heavens like a, like a, like a sort of like, like rain from the sky. Greatness is inherently what we are, but how we live into that greatness and how we become, how we fulfill that greatness is a moment-to-moment -moment choice. We must choose moment-to-moment-to-moment-to-moment-to-moment-to-moment-to-moment. And so the last thing I'll say in terms of also sometimes if you're in that moment, things aren't working out, uh, is strategy. Mm, sometimes, yeah. you know, we, we can be like, cool, I meditate, I think great thoughts, I drink my green juice, I do good things, I, you know, I do, I do my visualizations, uh, stuff's still not working. Sometimes your strategy is ineffective. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually a strategic thing. You can have the most amazing idea, you can have the most amazing dream, you can have the most amazing concept, 
but maybe the way you're going about trying to make it happen isn't working. Maybe you're going, this, your, your plan is actually off. And so let's say, imagine you're taking a cross-country drive through America, but you're using the roadmap for Japan. You go, I don't care if yeah. you do yoga 17 hours a day, drink green juices, and pray to Kuan Yin, <laughs> and, you know, do a special breathing technique and we're blessed by the Dalai Lama. If you are, if you are driving cross country in America with a roadmap from, from, from Japan, you're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not that you're cursed. It's not that God doesn't love you or life has it out for you. It's, you, you have the wrong roadmap. And so no matter how hard you work, uh, it doesn't get you closer to your destination. So I think it's important that we practice regular reflection and we refine strategically, refine a plan of action that makes sense where, where you can go, okay, where do I want to be? What do I want to be? And work backwards to go, okay, what are all the steps I actually need to, t- to get there? And, I, and I've seen so many amazing people, so many spiritual people, so many good people. Uh, the strategy is completely, totally off. They're mm. doing great things. They have great intention. The strategy is off. So look at your strategy. Do I have the right strategy? I live in LA. If I say, okay, Ronnie, I need, I, I need to get to LAX, the International Airport, and so, which would mean I need to kind of start heading either south on the 405, uh, south uh, to the one, the, or the 110, south to the 105. Those are two ways I can go. But if I start heading, if I say, Ronnie, I'm, I'm going to LAX, but I'm going five north up to San Francisco. <laughs> but I'm going to do my mantras and prayers. We have a problem. The strategy is off. And, and so, it's important we look at strategy. And, uh, and so, those are a few things I would say that we have to look at and take into consideration if, if things aren't happening. So keep the faith, mm. uh, you know, uh, looking at if it's authentic timing. It was the second thing I said. The third thing was maybe it's a test. Fourth thing was get your strategy right. Wow. And when you align those four quadrants, then success becomes effortless and there's no need to struggle because you're in alignment, correct? Yes. I think, I think, you know, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't say success is effortless. Yeah, I think that yeah, is yeah. a bullshit. Yeah. I think that is a bullshit, uh, a bullshit concept that people sell to try and sell people into programs I and books. That you I, just said that. I, I, I say, it, I tell people, success does take a level of work. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. doesn't have to be struggle. But it does take work. I work out every day. Okay. People say, well, cool. You're in great shape. You're healthy. You have a, you know body strong. Yeah, that's not luck. That's not my meditation practice. That's not like uh, because I was blessed by a guru in India. That's because I get myself up at 6 a.m. in the morning, even if I don't feel like it, and I work. I work out for an hour a day. Do I feel like it every day? Hell no. Do I want to? (laughs) Hell no. Do I want to sometimes say, let me just go back to sleep? Hell yes. Do Do I listen to my mind? No. That's a choice. That is a choice. So will it be effortless? Uh, no, not necessarily. <laughs> Trust me, Elon Musk is putting in some serious effort. Yes. Trust me, you yes. know, uh, uh, Conor McGregor, Myth Floyd Mayweather uh, are putting in some serious effort into, into their training. Uh, trust me, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook putting in some serious, you know, effort. It takes, it takes effort. Don't be afraid of effort, especially if your effort is authentically aligned with your soul's purpose. It takes effort. It does take, you know, four-hour work week. Timothy Ferris, trust me, he's working more than four hours and putting in some effort, yeah. you know. But, but struggle, different option. 
yes. effort laced with conditioning, emotion, mm. ego. Drop the struggle, no struggle, but effort. Don't be afraid of effort. And and then it's still it can still be effort. You can still be putting effort, and it can be in a flow. Yes. If you want to manifest, be prepared to work. Mm. Be prepared to work and put an effort into what you love. And that's what make sure that what you're doing and your vision is truly in alignment. Because then it makes the effort worth it. So people say, well, how do things manifest? Number one, there's a, there's a few things. It's kind of like my, my, my sort of quick manifestation formula because we're talking about strategy and effort is thoughts plus feelings plus your words. So what you mm. think plus what you feel plus what you speak. Imagine that thinking, feeling, words creates a vibration. Right? Thoughts, feeling, words creates vibration, creates energy. Vibration is part of what magnetizes things or repels things to you. Right? Mm. So it gets your thoughts in alignment, thinking good thoughts, thinking, staying focused on where you want to go, staying focused on the positive, staying focused on what you can control. Feelings, cultivating the feeling of the feelings of it's already done. Cultivating the feeling of what it would be like to already have your vision and dream and speaking the words that are intentional, words that move you towards the vision, words that are positive. Those three combined create the vibrational field within you. Then what you need is you can say, well, cool, should a manifestation just happen? Well, what a lot of people don't have is a vehicle. We still do need a vehicle. Right. You know, if you say, well, could I want to get to Bali. I do an event in Bali. I want to get to Bali. Well, did you get there? No. Well, you need a vehicle. Either you catch a plane. A plane will take you there. Catch a boat. Sure, a boat can take you there. <laughs> catch a car. Yeah, car can take you there to a degree, but you're going to hit the ocean. Uh, a bicycle. Some people are thinking positively, feeling positively, speaking positively. But it's like trying, they have a bicycle trying <laughs> to ride from L.A. to Bali. Right. Uh, it's not going to happen. You need to find the right vehicle, a vehicle that allows the delivery of the value in exchange for money, in exchange for abundance, a vehicle that allows, that sufficiently allows, is big enough for the vision to, to translate the value that you're bringing so you can exchange that for, let's say, money for abundance in return for resources. So your thoughts, feelings, words, creates a vibration, which then you need a vehicle, the correct vehicle. So think about what is the right vehicle for the manifestation of the energy of my gifts, of my art, of my creativity. For some people, it's a book. For some people, it's a TV show. Some people, it's a podcast. Some people, it's, you know, writing. For some people, it's a particular business. Uh, then you need strategy. So once you have the vehicle, you need strategy, which we just talked about, which is the sequential flow roadmap of how you're going to go about taking this vehicle to get to where you need to get to. Then it requires action. Action requires effort, consistency, daily effort, and daily consistency. Don't be afraid of the don't be afraid of the of the effort, which then leads us to what you said, which was success or may not be success, but it could be a result. Based on that result, you can you can use that uh, result as the opportunity to course correct, course mm. correct. It's just results are just feedback. Use the feedback to bring yourself in alignment, mm -hmm. more in alignment, less in alignment, to the left, to the right. It's feedback. Life is constantly giving us feedback. Don't fight the feedback. Take the feedback. Refine yourself. Move on. Mm. Give your gifts. 
Coot, you've given so much incredible, immense value in this recording. I am so grateful and honored for you to join us and share your incredible passion and share your wisdom and your, your, your kind of how you broke down a few of the explanations to some of the questions I thought was very masterful and just incredibly practical and helpful. So thank you. Thank you for everything that you've shared. And um, as we approach the conclusion, I'm really curious, what is it that you're most excited about for your book and for people mm. reading your book? Mm. Well, you know, the paperback comes out and uh, I'm just it's to me, it's a life changing book. Uh, people can dive deeper into the ideas I'm sharing with you, Ronnie. And, and I think it's a life changing book that helps people uh, reclaim their power, reconnect with themselves, uh, ignite and help you find your purpose. And uh, and I think it will provide the fuel to really help you get in touch with who you really are beyond your conditioning and live and create an authentic life. So I hope everyone gets to read it and enjoy it and is inspired by it in some way. Um, and just let me know. Mm. And where, where can everybody get a copy of the book right now? Yeah, you, people can get a copy. They can go to www.youarethewonebook.com. They can just order it from Amazon, go back there. And uh, I'm giving away a whole bunch of free gifts and also doing a very special event, a uh, free event on October the 18th. So mm. uh, they can attend that, be my guest, bring some people. It'll be truly amazing. So www.youarethewonebook.com as well. Awesome. Um, do you, would you have any closing words for our audience before we conclude? Look, I would say, you know, first of all, I would just say it's a joy being on your show and I really uh, feel your love, feel your welcome, feel the space you hold. So thank you. Keep doing great work. For anyone listening, look, I hope you feel me. I'm, you know, sometimes a podcast is hard, but I, I'm trying to like reach through the airways right now. And there's, if you're listening to this recording, you are listening for a reason. It is no accident that you happen to be hearing these words right now. Whatever you're going through, wherever you're at, remember this. Life is short. Mm. Life is short and none of us know how long we will be around. Tomorrow is not a guarantee. The only guarantee is this moment. So if you're in a situation that you hate, change it. Just because you made your bed doesn't mean you have to lie in it forever. If you're in a relationship that you don't feel aligned with, change it. If you're in a job that you hate, change it. You always have the power to mm. choose. Life is short. So when that moment comes, when death comes, have no regrets. Because when you meet your maker, whatever you believe, you can't go to God and say, hey, God, you know what? Uh, can I get a refund on those two <laughs> years? I, I stayed mm. in that relationship. I kind of screwed up. Uh, can, I, can I get a refund? Mm. Once it's gone, it's gone forever, my friends. Mm. Every second of your life is so precious. Every second of your, every day you have is so profoundly priceless. Make the most of it. You can do it. Be bold. Be courageous. Trust your soul. Dive in. Celebrate. Enjoy life. It's a game. Give everything you can to each moment. See what happens. Coop mm. Laxon, it's a pleasure and honor. Thank you so much for joining me for this, <clears throat> this incredible episode. Thank you for having me. Mm.